0: This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.
1: You're listening to Be Kind, Rewind with Tim Nidell, taking you back to when movies were actually
0: good. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean?
1: When music wasn't auto-tuned. When TV only had a few channels. And now, here's your host, Tim Nidell. What is going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to Be Kind Rewind with your host, Tim Nidell. That's me, of course. You can follow me online at Tim underscore Nidell. Or check out my website for all my links, timnidell.com. This week's episode is going to be slightly different from anything else that we've done or probably will do in the near future at least because I've been so busy, got family stuff happening, holidays happening, haven't had the chance to record a new episode of Beacon Rewind. So if you listen to the past two episodes, you know I do another podcast called Saturday Morning Rewind where I interview my favorite voice actors from my childhood and my teenage years and everything. So I'm going to feature an interview that I did with actor James Woods. Um, of course, you know him and from many, many amazing films from the 80s and 90s. And he also voiced Hades in the Disney animated Hercules movie. And that's mainly what we're going to be talking about during this interview. So like I said, this is one of my interviews for Saturday Morning Rewind. You can check it out, SaturdayMorningRewind.com. I do many other amazing interviews with other actors, such as James Woods, and I've been doing this podcast for almost nine years now, which is crazy to think about. But of course, before I go into it, please make sure you subscribe to this podcast you're listening to right now. Be Kind of Rewind is a show that I hope has the uh, longevity that Saturday Morning Rewind has, and I hope to get a lot of other amazing guests on this show very, very soon. So make sure you're subscribed. Check out the Phoenix Media Facebook page. Just type in Phoenix Media. And of course, they are the ones helping me put together this podcast, getting it out there for everybody to hear. So make sure you like their Facebook page and listen to the other shows because they really are amazing as well. And one more quick thing. Please make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in my name, Tim Nydell, and you'll find me. So without further ado, here is episode 184 of Saturday Morning Rewind and my interview with James Woods. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Saturday Morning Rewind. Of course, I am your host, Tim Nydell. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Saturday Rewind. Or my personal one, it's at Tim underscore Nidell. Oh, man, today's episode. What can I say about this episode? I'm going to say it again. One of my all-time favorite interviews that I've done and I've been doing interviews for uh, many many years now and that is because I have the one and only James Woods on the podcast today and of course we know James Woods as the amazing actor from movies like Once Upon a Time in America, Vampires, The Virgin Suicides, The Hard Way with Michael J. Fox which is one of my all-time favorites and of course we know him as the voice of Hades from disney's 1997 animated movie hercules
0: jeez louise what got his goat huh name is hades lord of the dead hi how you doing we dance we kiss we schmooze we carry on we go home happy what do you say come
1: on it's an amazing amazing interview but of course before i play the interview make sure to subscribe to my personal vlog youtube channel just type in my name tim Nydell. n-y-d-e-l-l if you're a Disney fan, if you're a Disney Parks fan, celebrity interviews, you're going to like the channel. I do a lot of 80s and 90s retro-themed videos. Again, just type in my name, Tim Nidell. I also want to give a quick shout-out to my Patreon supporters, Mike Clemens, Tori Garvin, and Gemma Bright. You guys are still awesome, still helping this channel out. And if you're listening and want to help us out financially, just go to our website, SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Go to the donation tab and check that out. Patreon is a once-a-month charge. It starts at 2 bucks a month and goes up from there. Or if you just want to give a one-time donation, you'll see the link to our PayPal address on the donation tab as well. Again, that's SaturdayMorningRewind.com. And without further ado, here is my one-on-one interview with James Woods.
0: So by the way, I have to tell you, so the really fun thing is that I got to see Hercules again last night. Oh, perfect. And I hadn't seen it literally since the day uh, that they showed it to us or screened it for us uh, at Disney, back when Jeffrey was, was Jeffrey Katzenberg was, was in charge. And um, I literally, I don't know why, you know, when you've done it, you know, I worked on that show for two years. Yeah. And then I did the series for, I, I can't even remember how many seasons. And I only did the series... I'll tell you a funny story. I only did the season, the series because my late brother, God rest his soul, my dear late brother, Michael, his three children were of that age then. Yeah. So they said, oh, Uncle Jimmy, you got to do the series. <laughs> this is me like career advice. <laughs> I had to do the series because the kids wanted me to do it. Thanks, Sarah. And, um, hold on, my, my you you went up to the pool. Yeah. Okay. Enjoy. Thank you. Okay. You're depriving me from swimming <laughs> in the pool. We're going to socially isolate up there. there you all go. By ourselves. Um, so anyway, we, um, the kids were, uh, were of that age, so I ended up doing the series and just had, honestly, a blast. It was so much fun because, you know, we'd just do it, and it would take like maybe an hour or two yep. uh, every few weeks to do a different episode. And uh, what they would come up with would just amaze me. So about, I don't know, about two or three years ago, I was cleaning out a storage unit that was maybe 20 years old maybe about 16 or 17 years old. I'd had crap in there, I just, I'd moved houses. I didn't know what to do with it. So my girlfriend and I were opening it up and she said, I said, see, look, there's a box from International Creative Management. I said, well, oh, that's my old agent's, you know, I was with Tony Howard, She, you know, my agent at the time. I did, uh, I did Hercules, it's really interesting. I, I said, I wonder what this was. She said, I, I said, probably old mail or something. So I started to open it up and she goes, I'm sorry, is that an Emmy? I said, it looks like it's an Emmy. And, I opened it up, and it was an Emmy, and I go, oh, look at this. I got an Emmy for doing it. I didn't even know that. How does that happen? She, said, she says, I don't know a lot of people who get an Emmy and don't know that they want it. I said, I <laughs> I didn't know I wanted. I'm so pleased. I'd, I'd like to thank the Academy, but it's too late.
1: Go ahead. Make a speech right now. We want to hear
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank the Academy. What was my hair up? Before I do, oh, thank you very much. Okay, we'll schmooze, we'll dance, we'll carry on. How do you like this thing? It's made of gold, and so am I. Oh, man, that's <laughs> epic. <laughs> Which reminds me, one of the fun parts of, of Hercules was actually how I got the job. And, you know, I, the the one thing I'm most proud of is I never believe that I'm qualified for a job if I don't think I'm the right person for a job. You know, I've I've had times where I've gone in for for a role and I said, you know what, I really appreciate your asking me, but you know who'd be really great at yeah. this? Etc. And and a lot of very fine actors will do that. You know, what I mean John Boyd has done that for me, you know. Uh, I know other actors that I recommended you, they wanted me but I really think you'd be right for that. I mean, you'd be amazed that other actors that we well, that often have done that for each other. And there was a really wonderful actor, a man I love. And I, in a situation like this I'm going to remain nameless, but okay. I'd known him since my college days. He'd gone to Harvard, I'd gone to MIT. We were friends. He's an Emmy Award winning actor himself. I, I think he might even have won an Oscar. Um, a wonderful guy, just a great guy. And he was the original voice of Hades. Now, nobody takes it personally when it comes to animation casting if you're not right for something or mm-hmm. it's not working. They often change midstream with actors because there's just a certain tone to the voice that you can't change. It has nothing to do with performance. And everybody auditions. Now, this is just before the breakpoint when actors are getting paid huge sums of money and getting billing in yep. animation. You know, when, when Robin Williams did uh, his an amazing performance in Aladdin. And when Mel Gibson did Pocahontas, I believe, uh, wasn't he in Pocahontas? He was. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and my, we, we worked for virtually minimum. We didn't get anything. We didn't get any billing or anything. It yep. was like people knew through press that, you know, these, you know, star names were doing these, these parts, but it wasn't about star casting. It was about the right voice and everybody auditioned, believe it or not. Mel Gibson, not. Mel Gibson, at the time. <laughs> the biggest star. He auditioned for Pocahontas. You know, we all auditioned. That was just understood because they, Wanted to fit the voices together, and nobody took it personally. You got an audition for Disney. It's, oh, everybody wants to be a Disney villain. You know, it's of like the great feather in your yep. cap, to be a, you know, or, or a Disney hero. You know, um so they called up and they said, you know, we'd like you to come in for Hercules to, you know, to play Hades, and you know, we can't give the script. They're very protective of the scripts, but you know, I said, sure, of course, I'll come in. Be happy to. Uh, you know, honored. You know, Jeffrey called. Call, I know Jeffrey's a friend of mine. We play poker together sometimes. So, you know, Jeffrey would like you. was know. said, great. I'd love to come in. So I come in, and they said, "Look, we want to play you what we have for this character, and we're going to show you a little bit of uh, Nick Raneri was my lead animator. You know, who of course did Lion King. Yeah, phenomenal guy and a real he's pencil and paper. Uh, my entire character was done by pencil. Wow. you know, pencil and paper, and and it, I have so many. Like, he'd send me notes and he'd do drawings of me as Hades <laughs> when I was nominated for an Oscar for another role. And, you know, it, it was amazing, you know, how he would, you know, send these things I got them framed all over the house, cause, you know, with a great Disney animator. Um, anyway, uh, so they showed me a little bit of a black and white, almost like, you know, those old those old things where you flip the paper oh, yeah. and, yep. and, and the cartoon moves, you know, a little flip pad uh, of the character with this original actor's beautiful voice. And the idea was, I am Hades, the Lord of the underworld. How dare they come to me? You know, and that was sort of the over the top British, although he's not British, you know, style. And they said, look, we're, we this is very traditional and it's very powerful. And he's a fabulous actor, but we're missing some edge to this. And I said, well, I, can't do more than that because he has that very centaurian quality and is able to do that. And I can sort of do it, but I don't think I'd do it as well as he did. I said, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to cast in this. You know, I'm not really right for it, but, you know, I do it like, and the scene had been when he first comes in, you know, to, 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 uh, to celebrate the birth of Hercules. Yep. Um monolipus and he walks in. Hey, he's very Hey, how you doing? Uh, nice to see you. Nice face. Uh, what is that? A little harm socket you got there? <laughs> hey, come on, I got a few jokes on this a, is this an audience or an oil painting. They changed it to a mosaic. <laughs> but I started just ad libbing and my role model was kind of quite frankly, you know, a sort of a CA agent kind of wow. You know, <laughs> some flick, you know. <laughs> who was ever slick. I'm not putting on CA, I had a wonderful CA agent, actually you know, William Moore, You know, uh, a talent agent slash used car salesman, Exactly, exactly. Actor, slick Hollywood guy in the cartoon sense. I'm not I'm not demeaning anybody. I mean, it was like, hey, how you doing? A schmoozing guy, a schmoozaholic, Hey, how are you? That's where I, I mean, I had lived that originally after I got the job. Hey, we'll dance, we'll schmooze, we'll kiss, we'll carry on, we'll have a ball. What do they say? Let's kiss, let's hug. I was basically the hug it out guy. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. I did it that way when I finished. Their their jaws were kind of just like (laughs) dropped. And I went, okay, uh, you know, probably a mistake. And they go, no, 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 not so fast. (laughs) They said, would you mind if we just had a little discussion? Uh, Yeah, I said, I'll wait outside. So about 20 minutes later, they said, okay, if we go this way and we fail, we'll have destroyed a Disney animated movie, which has really pretty much never been done. It will be a catastrophic failure. However, if we take a chance and do this ridiculous idea, <laughs> it might actually work. And we're really we're really disposed to gamble on this. I said, I'll make you a deal. I'll do it. I'll do it. Don't tell my agent, I'll just do it for free until you feel comfortable with it. And if we come up stuff we like then great, and if not, fine. Replace me and get somebody else. Well, we started working, and I just loved the character. And I don't know if your fans know this, but but the way it works in animation is we don't ever get to work with the other characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't even know. Susan was, you know, was playing Meg. I didn't, it was really, you know, I think finally at the very end, I got to do one scene with, was it Meg or was it with Hercules? I don't even uh, I think with Hercules. Um, and uh, so uh, with Tate. So um, we started working and they laid down all the voice first. And I'm not kidding. It was over a two year period. So I sort of loved the character a little bit and I was always ad-libbing, you know, and they loved the stuff. And they'd laugh, they that's ridiculous. I mean, I'd be like, hey, hey. And they go, well, we'll tone that down a little, but, you know, <laughs> and then we do, you know, just crazy versions where I take a scene, I do it as written, and then I just literally rip it and would do it for two hours. Just crazy, insane stuff. And I remember saying, hey, remember that, uh, one of my favorite things was I said, do you remember the scene in uh, the John Travolta movie uh, where he uh you know his famous movie, um not saying alive, but the, the original um, Saturday, Saturday night, night fever. fever, yeah where he's sitting at the table with and his dad comes in and slaps him on the head and he goes, whoa, hey, my hair, come on my hair, dude, And I remember thinking, I said, you know I've got this like gorgeous hair, can we do something with, like hello my hair like is you like know, like you know maybe I get splashed, and my my hair gets gets ruined or something' I was like, whoa is my hair out? <laughs> it's like, and they ended up doing it. It's And it's it's sort of the go-to thing I do whenever parents will bring their kids and say, you know who that is? That's Hades. And I, the kids will look at me because of course there's some <laughs> old guy <laughs> here, standing up. And they're three years old. I like, go, oh, that's not Hades. That's some old guy. And then I'll do, hey, what's your a Or or I'll do, whoa, is my hair out? And I'll kind of go, oh, oh yeah. Because they yeah. hear the yeah. voice. It's very funny. Um, so a lot of the, the character was then created through their very gracious Ron, the directors, uh, Ron Clements um, and, and, uh, oh, uh, oh, geez, skipping my mind. Ron Clements and, uh, remind me. Uh, yeah, uh, I forget. Oh, uh, well, I'll look it up and you'll look it up while I'm talking. It. I sure uh, will. Yeah, it's been a while. Sorry about that. <laughs> my, my but anyway, the directors were uh, also involved in the writing, obviously, and with the writers, and they were willing like all good writer directors that i've ever worked with you know whether it's you know, oliver stone or you know scorsese who does a lot of the writing in his scripts even though people don't realize that and you know these are, they allow actors to ad lib mm. you know not to change things completely without their permission and not to do the original script but they allow improvisational sessions they they have the courage of their own writing uh where they will allow an actor to try to Reach for things, especially a colorful character like you're yep. we designing. So what happened was the character started to create on his own, to be created on his own, or evolve on his own through these sessions of improvisation that we all did together. So I say, they say, hey, do that again, and say, hey, is this you know, it's a famous old uh, line, you know, a uh, 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 Henry Youngman line where he goes, hey, is this an audience or an oil painting, or, or maybe it was, uh, was it Henry Youngman, I, I, well, one of the greats, who said it. Uh, and so is an audience or is this a mosaic and, you know, all the Greek related, um, uh, jokes, but we ended up literally kind of stirring this soup to create the character. And I have to give a hundred percent credit to the directors and the writers who were willing to go with it. And then, you know, we all got this kind of infected by the spirit of improvisation that just let the character flow. And, and, uh, they even made it so he looked a lot like me. <laughs> yep, yep. hope I better look it uh, because <laughs> I'm the only uh, I'm the only uh, pure Disney character who doesn't have U-shaped eyes. I have round eyes. Oh, and, yeah. and very rarely. You know, all Disney anime have U-shaped eyes. So yeah. To, to some degree. My character is around. He's, always, he's perfectly round eyes. I never
1: is, thought uh, of that. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I got the name. It's uh, John Musker
0: was the other director. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. yeah, 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 yeah so sorry. So sorry that I left his name out, but um, it was a fabulous crew to work with. You know, you work with Disney; they uh uh, they it's just one of those life one in a lifetime experiences. Absolutely. You know? And uh, I had it was just off to be sorry. This little girl all the time. I would get you know people always come up. I see if they have five or six or seven or eight year old kids, ten year old kids. You know they're going to ask go on eighty. <laughs> <laughs> they always come over. and They want an autograph or something. And this little girl came over with an autograph. She was like five years old. She was like a Disney princess. And she goes, Mr. Woods? I said, yes. She said, can I get your autograph? And I said, oh, yes, I'd be happy. I said, so I guess you saw Hercules, huh? She goes, no. But I saw his movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that, how precious it is to be in a Disney movie. She literally knows that Hercules is out there somewhere. Yeah. You know, She saw his movie that he starred in but she hasn't had a chance to meet him yet. God, you know, that's amazing. He, these Disney characters for children are so real, so much a part of their little zeitgeist of yep. their of their experience and culture. And you have a big responsibility. So one of the reasons I'm in every game and you go to any Disney park, you know, they always call me up, hey, would you do three lines for a Disney water show? Say, Absolutely. You know, I really feel that I own that character. It's very much a part of my career that I'm, Extremely proud of you know, I just you know, the funny thing is, I did all these movies and you know, serious movies playing the villain, you know, with all these great, you know, Sergio Leone and uh-huh. everybody else. And, and in many ways, a lot of my proudest legacy is the animated characters, you know, whether it's Family Guy or, or the Simpsons, and of course, most certainly my work with Disney.
1: It scares me though, man, when they announced the live action Hercules, if they don't get you to play Hades, I'm going to be worried.
0: Well, they while they're doing a Broadway play of it, and I believe, I believe the original actor Tate in Hercules is it he who's going to play her, uh, Hades, or is it the the actor who did his singing? Oh, you know, original?
1: I don't know. I haven't heard. Right.
0: I know Susan Egan did her own acting and singing, yep. but yep. but Tate did his own acting, and the singing was done by. Um, Again, I, I should have had all this in front of me, but I figured, you know, i will give you a real raw interview. <laughs> I'm allowed to forget who was who with who. My apologies to the an actor and singer. So, um, yeah, so that's a little bit of how it was, how it came about.
1: Actually, I rewatched the movie recently too, and I, I realized while watching it, this is another rare instance where the main villain doesn't have a song.
0: Yeah, we were talking about that last night, and I said to Sarah, to, to my girlfriend, I said, "How come I never had a song?" Yeah, I, we, I always ask that, and I think I asked uh, Ron or somebody why I didn't have a song, and I don't. Let me think about what the answer was. Um, because you know, even the even the villain in The Hunchback of Notre Dame had a song. Exactly. Um, I'm, I think, I don't know, as a comedic villain, you think I would have had a song. It's not that I can't sing. I've sung in other movies. I mean, you know, we all know, you know, I'm with James Woods and Family Guy. I <laughs> sang that. I sang in Best Seller. I mean, I'm not a great singer, but I certainly could do a, you know, a Rex Harrison, you know, walking, exactly. talking, exactly. singing uh, job. You know, I'm a little fairly fairly musical. I just I think that was just a choice on their part not to have him have a have a a song. But maybe they were because there were so many jokes. Uh, they they didn't want to have a song. Also, a lot of the music was based, you know Alan Menken's. A lot, a lot of the music was was uh, was the five women singing. That chorus was very yeah. you know sort of gospel. It was the whole idea was got you know the five gospel singers yep. basically. Uh, when they do uh, Zero to Hero and all those songs, I guess maybe my character just didn't fit into a musical riff and they would rather have him talking and joking than and he blows up every once in a while than just stopping and doing a song. It might take away, he's supposed to be a very fairly scary villain and a lot of it because of the humor makes it not as scary and then he is scary again when he gets into the death stuff and when he's screaming and exploding. A song just might make him not villainous enough. It might take away yeah, from the villainy. It might. I, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing that was their reasoning.
1: I know you're very passionate about this character, about Hades. What is it that you love? What is it that really draws you to this character? Gee, yeah, that's a, you know, I
0: never actually thought of it. So I'm going to give you a, a truly uh, spontaneous response. I mean, I, I like that he's actually kind of vulnerable, and I know that seems silly because he's the Lord of the Underworld and he's causing all this chaos and he wants to take over the world. And especially in the TV series, that, that was sort of a big issue. But I like him the way we like the Roadrunner in Wile E. Coyote, the, you know, uh, in the Roadrunner series, Wile Coyote. He, he's so desperate to create evil and he's just so bad at it really <laughs> finally. I mean, I just love that he's just going to take over the world and he can't get really basically anything right. And he's schmoozing with Meg, and she sees through him. And, you know, he's got Hercules kind of under his thumb, but even pain and panic can't do it right, and he can't get on top of them. I mean, for all his bluster and his control of the world, even the three hags who are, you know, cut the thread and send everybody down the river sticks to their death and so on, he just really basically is always one one card short in the deck, uh, so he makes up for it with this insane temper and uh, and and his slick way of manipulating everybody. But for some reason, he just doesn't ever get across the finish line. And to me, that's very funny. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. I, I like the character because he's such a great comedic character. Uh, I, you know, I am sure to a child he, he's rather villainous when he explodes, and 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 indeed all the. People who are supposed to be afraid of him are afraid of him, like Pain and Panic and Phil and everybody else who knows why this guy's a dangerous guy. But um, all in all, I just love him because he just—he tries so hard to be bad. and Basically, he's just kind of the Grinch. He can't pull it off. You know, all the great (laughs) villains try to be villains, but they can't pull it off because deep down inside there's something about him we like. You could almost imagine Hades kind of surviving at the end. And being sent out to the old age home and going, you know, I was really tough. I was one of the tougher guys. I just want to say, you know, nobody, you know, people, they, they they took a lot of crap from me. I didn't end the world. I didn't take over Olympus. But that was my choice. I'm just saying, just for the record, that was my choice. Yeah. You can see him explaining to people who get up and leave. And I don't want to hear the whole story. Yeah, yapping on. I just see him as kind of a noble failure. And there's something I love about that. That he's just such a loser. You know, and and yet thinks he's such a big, a big tough guy. It's just funny to me. Yeah. It's like it's like when puppies bark. You go, okay. <laughs> you, you know, you're 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 seven inches tall. Why are you barking at me? Oh, <laughs> ten. You know, I'm a lot taller than you are.
1: Was this your uh, big first voiceover gig?
0: Uh, uh, let me think. Um, I was doing a lot of voiceover, uh, a lot of commercial voiceover. In fact, I got my SAG my SAG card doing a Campbell's pork and bean commercial oh, with Fred Willard, God rest his oh, wow. way. And a lot of the people from that original comedy group. Um, uh, so, but you know, I always did voices a lot for, uh, you know, a lot of narration like national geographic and, uh, yeah. um, you know, a lot of, the, not only the uh, wild document, wild country documentaries, but a lot of history doc- the history channel. I did a lot of that. Um, and let me think. When, so I did Surf's Up and Stuart Little 2. and I did a lot of things you don't know about. Like I was a voice in Roly Poly, uh, a lot of little five-year-old kids oh, listened wow. to. I did a lot of a lot of animated uh, stuff. But I think this was the first. I mean, look, when you're a Disney villain, it's uh, you know, it's one, it's one you put on the wall. You know, if I have a poster mm-hmm. in my house, I'm gonna have. You know, I'm gonna have maybe two posters in my whole house. I'm gonna have. You, you, you know, once upon a time in America, and, <laughs> and Hercules, just because they're both so, they're both so disparate villains, and you know, one's a you know a world class historical movie that I think will probably always be up there on on you know the list of of great achievements by a great director like Sergio Leone, and the other one is just a wonderful. You're part of the Disney villain pantheon. You you can't yep. you know they can never take that away from you. Nope.
1: and it's it's filled with very amazing villains and Hades is in my top five. So. Oh, that's nice.
0: Yeah, he's in, in the top 10. I, th- I think one of the reasons is he's, he's kind of the asterisk to all the villains. You know, there, there are, there are such perfect formulas that work. watching Hades last night, uh, Hercules last night, <laughs> see Hades is called <laughs> up to the Hades. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that Freudian slip. <laughs> hey, what are you going to do? Um, but anyway, uh, the uh, <laughs> said Hades, uh, <laughs> you, you know, the their, their formulas are so clear. We're, we're watching. And when 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 Hercules finally decides he's going to go off and and find a way to become a hero, it's not until he meets Meg that really becoming a hero is important to him. Now there's a real damsel to save. And of course, he's set up all, all of those formulas are are, you know, betrayal, quest all those great Disney formulas, all based on Joseph Campbell, obviously the Joseph Campbell hero quest. Um, And the villain, look, it's understood any movie that has a major villain antagonist in the archetype of every heroic story, the movie sinks or swims with the villain. You have a great villain. you got a great movie. You don't have a great villain. You don't have a great movie. You, You have to have a great villain, but the way a villain is defined is oftentimes not, I think, what people expect. I mean, our classic villain is, you know, the witch and Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I mean, you know, I still have chills remembering as a child that I was terrified of that witch, Yep. you know, looking in the mirror. It's like, gee, you know, eating that apple. (laughs) You know, know, it's just, you, you, you really were afraid of that villain. As we become more sophisticated and we've had more, experience in our lives you know children you know have a plethora of movies to see we're more sophisticated about storyline and we've got to uh we got to lend a um, a measure of uh, spice to our heroes and our villains and and yet if you have a spicy hero then you got to have an even spicier villain or you keep the hero perfectly neutral which heroes often are and I've often been asked that question. You know, how do you feel playing villains all the time in movies? movie? They said, they're the best characters. Yeah. They're obviously the best characters. They're always the creative characters. The hero is the hero. And it's not an easy job to do, being the hero. You know, you got to be the square jaws, You know, yep. tall guy stands there and saves the damsel. But your job is predictable. The villain's job is unpredictable. And you've got to find a way to make that character special, stand out, and keep the audience, you know, on its toes and you know on the edge of its seat and at the same time be aware that as we get more modern more progressive more experienced as our culture grows we've also got to give that character a uh, sousson, if you will of uh spiciness and variety and and unexpected wit and even charm
1: and let me say everything you put towards this character I don't think it would have been the success that it was, if it wasn't for
0: your contribution oh, to this film. Thank you. But, but you know, that means the world to me. And I really appreciate your saying it, but, but you, it, 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 always sounds like you're being, um, Oh, thank you so much. But you know, my beautiful team, making a movie like every element has to click for sure. If, if they put the wrong score in, which yep. they did in this case, beautiful score. If they put the wrong animation tone, you know, it's a disaster i mean they're so the animation has to be good the lyrics have to be good the dialogue has to be crackling the story the the, the cinematography even though there is no such know. thing you know, con- conceptual uh design the production design it all goes together and a lot of times it will kick off from a character you know like if if hades is all of a sudden a certain tone then the other actors they'll have them adjust their tone and sometimes when an actor does something beautiful in a scene, they'll come back to you when you're creating and go, you know, Susan sang the song in such a beautiful way. We want to start with a bang when you come back in. So we're going to redo that part where you howl right after she sings it. But we want it more explosive. That's <laughs> great. You know, and they explain to you how it fits together. Your compliment means the world. But believe me it's a team effort even when you're not recording together we we dovetail i think is the best way to explain it into each other's performances in ways that shape it so it has a kind of harmony yeah so that the sum really is genuinely greater than uh, the, the whole is genuinely greater than the sum of its parts
1: From just a blank piece of paper, you know, and then getting Hercules out of that.
0: And the funny thing is, they also video record you, you know, and they ask you to do things um, in a more animation friendly way. So let me explain what that means. There's a great little scene that I use as an example because they actually taught me how to do this. They said, you know, even when your voice has the dynamic that we want, we'd like you to acted as well. And of course, I'm a physical actor. I mean, I'm more of an actor than I am an, uh, a narrator uh, or an animation voice. Obviously, I've had a career being a, <laughs> more of an actor. Some actors yeah. are really voice actors, but I'm not. I mean, I am as well, but I'm more of an actor. actor. So I can say when when I when I uh, you know give the pacifier to uh, to baby Hercules and I go, you know, here's a sucker. Here's a sucker for the little sucker. Right. Remember that line? I do. Here's a sucker yep. for the little sucker. Well, I'm doing it. You can see me now. Maybe there's one point you can use in your podcast. Yep. I can do it like here's a sucker for the little sucker. Or I can do it. Here's a sucker for the little sucker. Now, I would overact it like that. Wow. Per direction. And then they would have a. It's hard to do here on the. Yeah. On the FaceTime, <laughs> but they would have trying to hold the phone as far away as I can. That whole gesture of taking a hand and putting it in the mouth and coming in with the face like that. Wow. Is a sucker for the little sucker. You know, you'd hold it up and then put it down, so they can use that animation style, and uh, it can focus. You can see the 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 little pacifier. You can see it as you hold it up. Yep. That's, and then they'll come in on the face and then in on the baby's face you know, taking it and biting his finger, whatever. So, um, there was a whole way that we would act the whole time. We're doing the animation. Wow. And believe me, when you're doing two hours, of it, and <laughs> 80s, it's always like, ah, this, you know, it's howling and my hair's on fire. Whoa. Is my hair, what, is it out? <laughs> you know, all this stuff. And instead of just going, is it out? You gotta go, I'm sorry. Yep. Wow. Is it out? <laughs> I could do it better with two hands, but you know, it's, it's just funny when he's doing it, you know, all that stuff. Silly way he behaves he's he's such an over-the-top character. Anyway, he was born for animation Yep, you know born for animation, but we had to act in an animated way So, you know when Susan I never saw her do it But I see in a couple of the videos when she'd do the seductive stuff She would actually act like that, you know by the you know by the microphones so that the the video Videographers could then give that to the animators and that they oh because they'd see what her natural rhythm was So it was based on the natural rhythm of the actors you know so the actors when when you see you know all these wonderful actors doing animation you know you know Tim Allen or you know Tom Hanks or Cameron Diaz all of they're all just such great actors that you know when they when they do it you can bet they're doing their Tom Hanks thing when yeah. they're doing that character or they're doing the you know when you know Susan Egan and you know Tate Dunman you know Tate had to do all that Ravura Hercules you know, merchandising look <laughs> that, that he had, you know, you had to look like you know the Charles Atlas Arnold Schwarzenegger superhero. And yeah, I think
1: I think you can hear it in the final product too. I think it really helps with the acting as well.
0: Oh, absolutely does because you you learn to. I mean, like actors are taught things. I was taught very classically just by experience. I had when I was at MIT. I uh, We had an a extracurricular theater called the Drama Shop, the MIT Drama Shop. And, you know, at MIT, there weren't really guys interested in drama, but I was. So the male actors had to be from MIT, but the actresses, the female actors, had to be or could be, were allowed to be anybody from Cambridge or, or Boston, you know, from any of the colleges. And even some um, actresses who had gone to New York maybe decided they didn't want to be professional, had come back. I was thinking of somebody in particular, two, two wonderful actresses I worked with um, in those days, uh, who had been professional and come back and just used to work at you know in the plays at MIT. We had this great um, director named Joseph Everingham, and he had taught at the Bristol Old Vic, and he taught me none of the stuff you'd expect, none of the method acting, getting the emotion of the all that stuff. He taught the way to emphasize the he said always emphasize the nouns over the verbs and the adjectives. So it's not here's us you know, here's a sucker for the little old sucker. It's here's a sucker for the little sucker. So using that uh-huh. piece that we talked about before, you know. You know, so it's you know very important to have all these kind of classical bits of training when you're working and that leads to a way to master language, especially in animation narration. And um, actors who haven't had a lot of theater training; sometimes aren't quite as comfortable with that yet. Yep. And the and usually the directors help them with that kind of that kind of reading and and um, approach to to understanding how that works. Nice.
1: Now I don't want to keep you much longer, but how are you uh, keeping busy during this crazy quarantine?
0: Well, uh, what. I I play guitar slightly less let me just say, you know, as an actor I was bare, I was I was able to afford to eat. Thank God. Yeah. Uh I play guitar a lot. As a guitarist I would I would have died of starvation <laughs> by now. But, you know, there's always something to learn. So I, I go on YouTube and, there you go. and I go to one of the one of my favorite sites, you know, active melody or whatever, all the different ones. And I uh you know, you you can learn on online and I sit and I learn a song or I learn a, a blues progression or a bluegrass uh, rundown or, you know, some, you know, some, some lick from a blues teacher, whatever. That give you? Uh, <laughs> so I play guitar. I swim every day in the pool. And uh, we play poker online on Zoom three days a week. Wow. So <laughs> by and large, I'm, there you I'm go. carrying on.
1: There, who knew that the Jetsons was going to be 100 percent, you know, accurate in the future? All these online activities that we're doing,
0: you know, uh, between the Jetsons and uh, and. Uh, was it uh, The Simpsons? Simpsons. Or, or, yep. the, the, yeah, between those two, I mean, they, they pretty much had the future. So we didn't need <laughs> those you you know. That's, nope. that, that's that's the funny thing. But but I tell you, we we've come to realize certain things. How much we I think enjoy so socializing. Yep, um, and and it's fun to be in a movie theater and watch you know a theater with everybody laughing together and clapping together. You know, uh, I mean, uh, if you've ever seen an animation movie, you know, I I've done other. I think I went to a. We had a screening for all of the people at the studio for, I can't remember one of the, Stuart Little two or one of the movies I did, and you know you, you can hear the kids giggle and clap yeah. and laugh. You know, I mean it's an amazing, wonderful thing. By the same token, we've also learned that it's kind of nice, you know, not to be eating and having the waiter standing over your food. <laughs> you know, and you know, speaking rather <laughs> vociferously, you know. Now I'll probably, when everybody comes to the table, put a napkin over my food in the future. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and we've learned that really, the you know, that people do shake hands and they've always done it because the other guy might be hiding a broadsword behind his back. <laughs> but now that we know that broadswords aren't really that popular anymore and you can die from contact with yeah. others who aren't your mates or family, um, you know, maybe uh, we don't have to do a lot of the stuff we do. You know, I'm happy if I'm not hugged too much by strangers anymore. <laughs> You know, I can't imagine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine ever again.
1: Well, James, I want to thank you so very much. Like I said, big fan of your work. So I really cherish this time I had with you.
0: Thanks. Can I just say one other thing? Of course. Of course. One of the things that I'll tell you the the proudest thing that I've uh, experienced in my entire career years ago, I was on the cover of a magazine and I was really thrilled. I'm not a cover guy, you know, (laughs) I've never been a sort of movie star. I've been more of a character actor who was luckily very successful. You know, I mean, they, call, they have you started things, but you know, I've always thought of myself more of an actor, not like a star. Yep. But I was on the cover of, uh, autograph magazine. I think it was called or fan autograph, whatever it was. But I was ro- voted the number one actor in the world for signing autographs that I was the most wow. amenable wow. to his fans. And I was so proud of that because I've always signed autographs, always, so loved my fans because it's they're always so gracious you know they go out of your way their way to be complimentary and supportive and and it means a lot to them i always say to people you know take the time you know somebody who's really admired your work for years and they they participate in it you know you you owe them just that moment of acknowledging who they are in your life so two things one i love my fans and i'm incredibly grateful to them and i advise every actor i know to remember when a person comes up to you and asks for an autograph before you say no or before you ignore them just remember they pay your salary they are your boss yep anyway thanks tim it's been a pleasure course, man. take care talk to you later bye-bye